Hey everybody, I'm really excited today to have Danny Spano with us. Now, Danny's joined us before on the podcast. It's one of the most requested interviews that we've ever done. Uh, Danny is is the uh, member care pastor at Long Hollow Baptist Church. He is works specifically with Celebrate Recovery. He works in prison ministries, in the recovery ministry. He does a lot of counseling. And today, Dandy's going to talk to us about how to help those in our lives that might be struggling with addiction. He's going to talk a lot about what does it look like when we enable and how can we keep that from happening. So I want you just to uh, hang on today, jump in. And if you know someone who struggles with an addiction, I really think this is going to be a powerful help for you. And maybe that someone actually is you. And in that case, I hope that you're going to glean some things today that are really going to be helpful for you as you just fight to get beyond addiction. So let's jump into the podcast today with Danny Spano. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Rooted Deep, a podcast featuring Reba Bowman and Allison Hale. Everybody, welcome to Rudy Deep. This is Reba. Ali and I are here with Danny Spano today. We're really excited uh, to talk to him. So, Ali, why don't you introduce him a little bit and tell everybody uh, who we've got with us today? Yeah, and hopefully you guys um, have listened before to our, our first interview with Danny Spano. Um, he is the recovery and care member care pastor at Long Hollow Baptist Church in um, in Hendersonville um, and Hendersonville, Tennessee. And we were just talking before we came on about the 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 numbers, the incredible numbers of addiction that he's seeing as, you know, as a recovery pastor and as a, as a recovered addict himself. And he, he shared his testimony last time with us. And I can only imagine the empathy that he shares every day with, um, with the, the families that he's, he's, um, he's ministering to. And he's getting, he's getting ready for an event called Supporting Those Who Struggle. And, it's, and this is the questions that we sent him um, earlier this week, just about what it's like to have maybe a, an, an addict, a, an addict in your family. How do you recognize the signs? Enabling tough love. We hear all these phrases, but we, you know, I, I just sent these questions like, I don't know what to do. And, and I don't know how to, how to enter this conversation. He's like, that's exactly what we're talking about in our event, supporting those who struggle. So Danny, it's great to have you on again. And we're thankful for the ministry that you have there right there in middle Tennessee. Well, thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, it's a privilege to serve and give back, um, you know, for someone who's been given so much, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's, that's what we do. We minister out of the overflow of, of the blessings that have been poured out on us. And, and this, this is an important topic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think if, if I was going to speak to it, the first thing I'd want people to know is that with addiction and mental illness unaddressed, it is always going to get worse, mm. you know, and that's something that just because you don't know what to do. Um, and, and that's what I find a lot of people, they, they don't know where the resources are. They don't, they're not sure, or they don't know what's going on. Um, and they don't have any resources. They feel hopeless. So they do nothing. Mm. And, and the thing that they don't understand is it's going to get worse. Yeah. Yeah. If it's just marijuana today or it's just a six pack today, it's not going to stay there. 
Mm-hmm. You know, if it's just whatever, whatever that drug is, if it's just a gram of cocaine on weekends, it's not going to stay there. Yeah. It always gets worse. And, you know, the st- staggering statistics that eight people a day in Tennessee die of overdose and five people a day are dying of suicide. In mm. yeah. And right yeah. in my own county, uh, every 24 hours or less, someone overdoses. And actually, I've, I've saw, um, I got some uh, paramedic EMA stats that said in 2020, they had 740 overdose calls in Sumner County. That's over two a day. Yeah. And and as a church, we're not talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. You know, our pastor does a great job talking about it because he has a past like mine. But overall, mm-hmm. the church doesn't talk about it. And so... Um, that's the main thing is, is it's not going to stay where it is. So we have to address it. Right. Why do you think it is that churches don't talk about it is because they don't, they just consider it sin and, and something that we, you know, they just need to get better or is it, they don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. What do you think it is? That's a good question. And, And I think what it is more than anything is if they would just see it as sin, Mm -hmm. you know, like, that's why God's got me where he's got me because so many pastors and, and, and good brothers and sisters who have never had that, that particular experience, they feel unqualified to minister to like, well, I don't, I don't understand. Or I, and I always tell them just act like they said, Hey, I'm struggling with sin Mm -hmm. minister to them, but make yourself aware of the resources that are available so that you can point people there. And so in this event, uh, town hall type, event that we're doing August 26th that will be live streamed uh, as well as in person here at Long Hall in Harrisville. Um, we're going to start with three local pastors, our senior pastor, Robert Gowdy, Tom Hayden from Northfield, and then uh, Derek Jackson in Gallatin, which is one of the larger uh, predominantly African-American churches. And and Rudy Kalis, I don't know if you remember Rudy, uh, Channel 4 sportscaster, he retired and got involved with men of valor and that's how I got to know him and become friends. And he's going to do the moderating Mm. and he's going to ask, you know, I think people need to hear from senior pastors. We're not here to judge you. If your loved one is struggling with addiction or mental illness, come to the church. We're not here to judge you. We're here to love you, walk with you and point you to the resources that are available within the church and within the community and, and so that's kind of the, the line of questioning, you know, from a pastor's heart. What, what do you hear? I, I heard Pastor Tom when I was talking to him about the event. He said, yeah, when people come to me, uh, it's already blown to pieces. And mm-hmm. he's like, why didn't you come to me six <laughs> months ago or a year ago? Yeah. And, and it's that fear of judgment and, um, and that stigma around it that we've mm-hmm. got to get rid of. And the only way we're going to do that is by talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's that's a big problem. It's it's they don't feel qualified to discuss it, so they call me, you know, yeah, or they right. call you know back when I went on staff, you know, I get calls all the time from church. Hey, would you meet this guy or would you mm-hmm. talk to this mom? And now that I'm on staff, it's it's at least three to six or eight every week. Wow, I'm yeah. talking to mothers, brothers, sisters, grandmothers, uncles, siblings that are losing their mind. Um, They're bankrupting them. They don't know what to do. So often they do nothing and, um, or continue to try to fix it. And and I love our senior pastor always says, if you keep saving them, Jesus never can. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's not that Jesus can't save them. It's just you keep getting in the way. Right. Yeah, you know, and I think sometimes in families, you know, it's such a combination between shame, um, trying to, the idea that I'm somehow protecting this loved one, uh, that I'm not airing their dirty laundry out in front of the world. Um, there's those elements that come in there. And then obviously then you enter that into the church arena and you've got this, what will people think? Will they think I was a bad parent? Will they think, you know, uh, you know, what will they think about me and my family? And sometimes I do think that those, those, uh, Silly things that really I think the devil uses in people's lives to keep us from exposing sin and actually dealing with sin, because really we we know that when you expose sin and you take your sin to Jesus, it it can be dealt with, <laughs> and so um, that's so true. Well, Danny, let me ask you this: you know, when you're there are family members out there and people out there that that do have people in their lives that. They're trying to help, but there's that there's that fine line between maybe enabling someone mm-hmm. and actually helping someone. Can you just talk about that a little bit and help people kind of see when they've crossed that line and they've become an enabler and when they're actually helping? Yeah, I think you know. In so in the in the beginning of awareness of my loved one is addicted and and maybe even the loved one uh, has admitted taking that first step and admitted, hey, I need help, then, yeah, you know, you support them. uh, You try to get them the help that that they need. But the one thing that folks need to understand is there's this this mentality that, well, I sent you to a 28-day rehab. Now go on with your life. Check the Mm -hmm. box and move on. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case with addiction. 28 days, three months, six months, a year program is just a good start when someone's been addicted. That's that's a good start. Then they have to get involved with church on Sunday and some type of support group. And Celebrate Recovery has been the discipleship group that's really helped me mm-hmm. and, and, and stay involved with that because we're chronic forgetters. <laughs> and, and the thing that, that so many times um, I hear parents or loved ones say, uh, well, how's he doing? Oh, he's doing great. You know, he's working 10 hours a day and he just works and comes home. And I'm like, is he going to church? Well, no, but he's doing great. And well, mm-hmm. you know, is he going to meetings? Well, no, but he's doing great. I'm like, no, he's not doing great. Right. Yeah. You know, he, he's resting up for a really big one. Yeah. And, and, and work doesn't replace, you know, what real recovery is is spiritual growth and healing. And that only happens when you're involved and, and isolation whether you're going to work, but if you're just going to work and coming home, that doesn't work. And and so people need to understand that um, the 28 day rehab is is just a good start. Um, you do support them in the beginning, but where enabling comes in is when you've got uh, you know a 25 year old or a 35 year old, or good lord, I've talked to, to parents who have 45 year olds living in their basement have been to multiple treatments. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, their, their questions like, well, what I do? And I'm like, well, where's he living? Well, with me. Well, you know, does he have a car? Yeah. Well, how's he pay for it? Well, I'm paying for it. Well, mm-hmm. you know, um, or I guess you're paying for his cell phone too. Yeah. I'm paying for his, like at, at some point, uh, a, a young man or young woman has to take responsibility for mm-hmm. their life and they've got yeah. to figure it out. Right. And, and, you know, if, if, one thing I always tell loved ones is if nothing changes, 
nothing changes. Right. You know, so if they've been living with you and using and laying around, you know, wasted or high, and then, you know, they finally say, okay, uh, because you've gotten on to them and, okay, I'll go to rehab. And then you spend more money, you send them rehab, and they come back from rehab, and they come right back to your house. Mm -hmm. There's this false sense of security. Right. That... You know, I've got, you know, they'll, they'll give me grace one more time. You know, I, I, and if a person thinks they got one more use in them, they're going to use it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so I always tell people, not only if nothing changes, nothing changes, I always mm-hmm. tell them everything changes or nothing changes. Yeah. You can't just get rid of the drugs and the alcohol, just get rid of them. And that's it. You have to replace it mm-hmm. with good things, good yeah. people places, you know, spiritual growth, Bible reading, prayer, church, meetings, mentors, you know, recovery is the biblical concept, right? Everybody needs Apostle Paul, everybody needs a Barnabas, and everybody needs a Timothy sponsor, Mm -hmm. accountability partners, and a sponsee, and um, they just think that, well, you know, I spent all this money, you know, you know, I guess I'm stuck. It's like, Mm -hmm. no, and I don't ever tell um, loved ones to kick their loved one out I I, I just can't do that but I I just kind of stress to them you have to look at what you've done how long this has been going on and if nothing's changed nothing's changed right you know and 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 until brokenness comes Mm -hmm. without brokenness there's no true repentance and without true repentance there's no change so if you keep saving them or bailing them out of jail or paying for another attorney, uh, paying for another treatment center uh, and keeping them from actually reaching the bottom, mm-hmm. nothing's going to change. Yeah. So that, that brings us to uh, the, the question that I sent you earlier, like how tough does tough love need to be? Um, because we use it, you know, it's the opposite of enabling basically, I feel like, but so what, you know, what does it look like and how tough is it? Well, it says speak the truth in love, mm-hmm. right? And and that's 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 kind of the line, you know. It, it are, are you being tough or are you speaking the truth in love? You know, here's the truth: I love you. You've got to take control of your life. Mm-hmm. I can't always be mama. I can't always be daddy. Or, you know, um, you're going to have to figure it out. And I have heard some of the most amazing stories where, you know, a father said no, son, you're not coming home. Mm. This guy told me his son was in St. Louis, got out of jail around Christmas. It was snowing. He called him and said, Dad, I just got out of jail. I need to come home. His dad said, no, mm. no, son. said he hung up, didn't hear from him for a year, year and a half. Yeah. Wow. He got a letter, said, thank you, Dad, mm. because if you'd have let me come home, Nothing would have changed. Right. And because you wouldn't let me come home, I walked around the corner to the rescue mission, and there I met Jesus, mm. and my life has been forever changed. And, right. you know, that, I can't tell a person to kick their loved one out. All <laughs> I can just tell them is, is to look at what's happened, and and if nothing changes, nothing changes. Right. Yeah, you know, I think counseling through the years, a lot of women that I've talked to, because that's really who I counsel, there's this, there's this concept and idea that when I'm getting, when I need to be tough, it's almost as if I have to choose that somehow not loving. And that's such a wrong concept because sometimes the greatest way we can love people is to do 
to do hard things with them and mm -hmm. for them and, and demand hard things from them. Um, you know, but I think a lot of times there's this idea out there, well, well, man, that's not very loving, you know? <laughs> You're, you're you're right, and I think you know. Here's this is kind of an extreme example, but I'll, I'll just show you what exactly enabling looks like. I talked to a lady who lives here in Harrisville just just two weeks ago. Her son is 43 years old, spent 20 years in prison, got out in a um, you know sober living facility on probation, and failed a drug test. Well, uh, that tells me he wants to go back to prison. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah, 20 years, and you're you and just in no time, you're. But he talked them into letting him come back, but they couldn't take him, but for a week. So he goes to Arizona, gets wasted with a couple girls, young girls in the car, and runs out of gas in the desert. Mm. His mother is desperately trying to find a way to get him gas out there or get his car towed in. And I'm like, ma'am, why do you feel the need to fix that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I know I've been told that, you know, I'm an enabler, but, but you know, I mean, I, I, we got to get his car out of the desert. And I said, no, ma'am, you don't have to do anything. No. Yeah. I said, how old's your son? She said, 43. I said, ma'am, mm -hmm. with all due respect, uh, yeah. 43 years old, if he ain't figured it out by now, 20 years in prison, I said, you need to let the consequences come. Because yeah. the bottom line is there's consequences for sin. Yeah. And if, if we if we layer that up and, and we shield those consequences and soften the blow, how's brokenness gonna come? Right. Yeah. I um, mean that that is so good. because uh, I just think some man, somebody's listening and needs to hear that because you know, I think we get it when our kids are three. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and we're you know, when they're three and four and five and they're dealing with stop playing with the knives and put the matches down and, you know, go and, to bed with no dessert. Yeah. Yeah. Go, yeah, exactly. You know, we're, we do so well when they're younger because we, it doesn't translate uh, as, you know, as we're somehow rejecting them uh, at, when they're three or four and five, but somehow when they get to be older adults, um, it seems like it's such a difficult trap that uh, parents can easily fall into mm -hmm. of trying to feel like they've got to come to their, 40 some year old child's rescue and uh, and not let the consequences mm -hmm. kind of fall on their shoulders. And I, I think that's such an important principle. Jesus taught that principle. Yeah. Um, so I do think that that's a, you know, is, is important uh, for us. So Danny, as you're, as you're going into this conference, what are some of the big things that this conference uh, is going to cover and really kind of step into? I think that there might be some people out there that would love to attend this or love to catch it online. So tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Yeah. So after the pastors um, kind of, you know, hearing their thought on, you know, that we're not here to judge and, and it, yes, the problem will get worse if you do not address it. And there are resources available within the church and community. The next panelist can be a law enforcement. So we have, excuse me, uh, Chief Deputy Pickard, who will be our next sheriff. Um, he is a DRE. He, um, they say it's one of the hardest law enforcement um you know, courses to take where he actually trained law enforcement on how to do field sobriety. So in the breakout, he's going to do the breakout will be red flags to addiction. And he's going to teach people how to look at the pupils. The eyes don't lie. I mean, you know, it takes one to know one. I spot it in a minute, you know, um, you know, how to look at the pupils, how to determine if they're 
pinned up in normal light, that's a narcotic. Cocaine, heroin, opiates. If they're really, really, the pupils are really, really big in normal lighting, that's a benzo, like Valiums and Xanax and that that type of deal. And then mm. the body language, um, you know, just you know, the scratching and itching and nervous and twitchy or mm-hmm. shallow breathing. And, and he's going to walk them through how to really determine if they're loved one. Because I, I hear it so many times that, I'm just not sure, I think, but I'm not sure. Um, And we have some physical resources, too. Like, I've got a pamphlet that shows that that will be in a bag that they get when they walk in the door um, that shows every commonly abused pharmaceutical drug. And I've showed it to parents over the years, and they're like, I found two of those in Joey's pocket. Mm. And he told me that that Mark's mom gave them to him for sinus, and I just didn't know. And it, it, it was Adderall. You know, um, Adderall, one of the college students are wearing that out. Um, And so those kind of resources there, just talk about recidivism. Uh, I would love for Rudy to ask. We'll also have Chief Deputy Picker. We'll have Judge Hunter, which is General Sessions Judge, and Judge uh, D. Gay, who is a criminal court, and Brandon Clark, who serves as our church member and 20-year deputy sheriff. Mm -hmm. And I would love to hear um, Rudy ask Judge Hunter, like, how many people come before you for misdemeanor substance abuse charges in your general sessions court? How many of those do you think in the next two to five years end up in criminal court for the same type charges? Yeah. I bet it's alarming. I bet it's 70, 80 percent. And, and so, again, that theme of addiction is progressive. And the last panel is going to be mental health because suicide is, is ridiculous right now. Um, young people, especially, they're just being attacked. And what we want to, uh, people to understand is addiction and mental illness often go hand in hand. So because of my childhood, I was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder, and then I have addiction. So that's considered dual diagnosis or co-occurring disorder. And um, it does often go hand in hand. Uh, I think that people need to really beware of when I worked in the, uh, for the homeless ministry, I'd say 80% of our guys would say, uh, I've been diagnosed as bipolar. And I'm like, really? Well, how long have you been diagnosed with bipolar? Well, you know, eight, 10 years. Okay. Well, when did you start using? Oh, when I was 12. Mm. Well, so you were in active addiction for 20 something years. And then the psychiatrist looked at you and said, Oh, you're bipolar and you were self-medicating. Here's some psych meds. Well, I'm not a doctor, but I'm going to tell you, the last thing someone in active addiction needs is psych meds. Like, you know, yeah, like how do you determine mm. addiction and alcoholism gives you all the same symptoms as bipolar disorder. So I think this world today is real, you know, script happy. Uh, let's, let's, you know, pill for everything. That's not always the thing but sometimes it is and Mm -hmm. i think you need to walk through that with your loved one uh, very cautiously get several different opinions um and we won't go into the suboxone thing but i just say stay away from suboxone that that is not the answer it's more addicting than the opiates we've talked about um mainly parents um caring for children but what happens when it's a spouse um, you know, can you, it's not maybe as easy to kick a spouse out of the house, or if you're, if you're a wife with small children and your husband is 
is, um, is a, an addict and you know, what, wh- how, what are some things that she can do or, or some ways that she needs to care for herself as well as her children? That's a great question. And unfortunately I have another, um, example that mm. just about four weeks ago, lady at church, um, very prominent in the church. I never would imagine she plops down chair next to me and just starts bawling mm. and she says her 81 year old father is now in full-blown cirrhosis and refuses to quit drinking. And she said for 20 years, her mom has been like, no, 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 we can't talk about that. We're not talking about it. We're going to ignore the pink elephant in the room. You know, no, we're not talking about it. So 20 years later, now he's in full-blown cirrhosis. And what really broke my heart is when she started explaining how her kids, her two sons, are deeply wounded the oldest is just mad at granddaddy mm-hmm. and the younger one is just deeply wounded because he don't understand why granddaddy's a mean drunk. Yeah. Right? And and so my heart is just like, if, if we start and do this event and then we do it every year. And so year after year, if people hear the church is not here to judge you, mm-hmm. you have to do something about it. It's going to get worse. Yeah confront in love, get some support. Let's bring some people in the church. We love you. We're here. Let's, let's talk about this. Then maybe it wouldn't have continued on for 20 years until mm. full blown cirrhosis and all the hurt and wreckage that goes with it. You know, it's like, like if you don't address it, you're, it's just like shooting yourself in the foot. You're, you're in a way you're doing it to yourself yeah. and, and each person, you know, and, and so a spouse, yeah, you know, you don't want to just kick them out or end the marriage. I mean, there's there's grace and, and all that, but but that's a really tough, and that's why you need wise counsel. Mm-hmm. You know, you, yeah. when you get alone, you don't know what to do, and often they do nothing. Mm-hmm. Right? So get wise counsel. Get, get some brothers and sisters around you um, because sometimes our perspective of the current situation is very skewed. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and and we need brothers and sisters to speak truth and say, really? Like, yeah. you know, is that what you're thinking? Is you think that's really going to help? Like, <clears throat> I tell them all the time, quit spending money. Like, we pay taxes for court-appointed lawyers. And if they've done the crime, but let the consequences come. Right. Stop, stop the bleeding. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, I talk to grandmothers who've literally just bankrupted themselves Mm -mm. yeah you know and 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 they're just it's so sad and and i think for everybody in the community i I don't know why and y'all help me if you get any suggestions for listeners what can we do to reduce the stigma i I mean i i spoke to the hendersonville chamber luncheon 150 plus about this event had cards with a qr code for everybody to register I, I bet 10 people didn't pick those cards up. Mm. And it's like, somebody said to me, well, you know, people just don't care, you know, apathetic. They don't care unless it's burning down. And even then they're going to wait for somebody else to put the fire out. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how we get away from that other than, you know, kind of like they're doing with um, all the sin and garbage on TV today, the, the constant in your face, talking about it where it just kind of desensitizes us yeah. to sin. 
Yeah. I, I think we as the church body in the church and out of the church and community, we have to talk about what's really happening. Yeah. You know, and we have to keep talking about it. And, and, I, you know, hopefully that's, that's going to change perceptions and hopefully this event's going to kind of pave the way to, um, uh, and also we're going to have a lot of resources, like I said, you know, um, uh, trifolds, celebrate recovery, mental health, and COVID crisis hotline, that kind of stuff. But the anti-drug coalition is going to give away um, 200 uh, 12 panel uh, urine drug screens. Mm -hmm. um, I think that is a great preventative measure for any uh, parent of a, a, you know, a young, say a 16, 17 year old that you might suspect there is nothing wrong with drug testing. You need mm -hmm. to know where you're at. You know, and if and if they kind of balk up on that, that's a big red flag. Right. Yeah. You know, somebody, if, you know, if Pastor Robbie asked me to take a drug test today, I'd be like, sure, <laughs> <I'm> glad <laughs> to. You know? Right. And 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 then when they go out, it's like, hey, you know, have a good night. But you know, hey, I got one of these when you get home, and tell me that wouldn't be a good deterrent. And they're sitting around, somebody offers them something, and they're like, oh. And then they that flashback to oh yeah they got that sitting at home, mm -hmm. and um, we're going to do that. We're also going to have free Narcan at the event and a sign up sheet to learn how to uh, be able to administer mm. uh, Narcan, and just tons of resources, local resources. Um, and I think that's a big thing. Like there's a, like mental health. We know a lot of people living under the bridge just need mental health. Yeah, and they either can't navigate the convoluted websites or, or, you know, the system to actually get the help they need, or, you know, they just refuse to do it. And, yeah. and that's bad. But if we can kind of help them navigate it and find the resources and, and make our staff and the community more aware of the resources that are available, I think that's the direction we need to, you know, start now and just keep building on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and I think you were talking about having conversations, especially as parents working with young people. Um, I'm, I'm always shocked at the conversations that you would think should happen in a home that don't happen in a home. Um, conversations about sex, drugs, alcohol. It's almost as if uh, parents assume their kids would, well, aren't my kid's not going to do that. You know, my kid's not going to, instead of assuming the opposite, my kid will probably do that, and we need to have this conversation. Um <laughs> And I think sometimes, you know, not to say that the burden of proof lays on the parent, but obviously that's the role that God has given them to, to speak into their child's life and to create these open dialogues in the home long before their child is going to be offered their yeah. first joint, yeah. you know, their first, their first uh, dr uh, you know, drink of alcohol, but just having real conversations so that, because obviously the world is having those conversations. Their friends are having those conversations. Even in middle school, they're talking about these things. And yet you've got parents who are like, well, he's just in the fifth grade. And I'm mm, like, yeah. you're just two years too late, you know? Right. And so, exactly. you know, can you, can you really kind of maybe, Danny, encourage parents a little bit? Um, even with, I mean, you've got a fifth grader at home and you're like, they're a good kid. They're so sweet. They're so innocent. But you need to be having conversations with them about things that matter. Yes, and and here's another encouragement: uh, the Anti-Drug Coalition is also going to give out RX lock boxes. Okay, because student surveys show eighty percent of students who have taken pharmaceutical drugs for non-medical reasons, where did they get them? Mm. Not from a drug dealer, from a home. 
Yeah, we need to lock them up and we need to talk about those issues. And, you know, it, it's it's so vital. And like you said, middle school, high school is too late. Yeah. It, yeah. It's starting in middle school. Mm-hmm. And if you, you know, again, it's like those are the tough things. But like you said, it's a God-given responsibility. We've got to inform them. And can't, wouldn't you rather them hear the truth than let them figure it out uh, from someone that doesn't have the truth of God in them? Yeah. Um, we have to have those conversations. And I'm, I'm going to give you another example. I just got last week from a dear friend, a lover. She reached out and said, hey, um, uh, what's her original question? Um, oh, she wanted me to go visit her 19-year-old at the Sumner County Jail who just got a DUI. And um, I said, well, they're not letting anybody in, not even chaplains and uh, um which is ridiculous. I'm going into the largest prison in the state with 2,500 inmates and they won't let me in the county jail. I don't, mm. That's another story. But anyway, so I told her, I said, okay, um, well, I can't go and visit. I said, but when he gets out, you know, we need to get him plugged in at Celebrate Recovery and I can introduce him to some young men to walk with him. And you know what she said? Well, he doesn't need that kind of help. Mm. I said, I said, girl, we all need that kind of help. Right. It's called discipleship. Yeah. You know? And she said, well, I, I didn't mean it that way. Well, I said, she said, but he's really made a 180 degree turn and he's doing so good. And I'm so proud of him. I'm like, yay. But just like he took that 180 degree mm-hmm. turn, don't think that in a month when this is kind of blown over, mm-hmm. uh, that all that's kind of going away, that he won't take another 180 degree turn yeah. right back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because we're chronic forgetters. Yeah. And, um, and, and I don't know how you, like, we, we're supposed to be our children's cheerleaders, right? Right. You know, and praise and encourage and, you know, um, uh, help them fulfill their dreams, um, you know, really not to talk down their visions or dreams. But, but we have to be real and we have to be mm-hmm. honest. And just like the verse, I've you know, I just sent out on my little birth today. It was Romans 12, 3. It says, you know, each one should um, uh, judge. What does it say? It says each one should um, think of themselves with um, not highly, more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in mm-hmm. accordance with the faith, uh, measure of faith God's giving you. It's just like, we got to be real. Yeah. We got to be humble here. It's like, you know, I love my kid. He's a great kid, but he has got into this and got himself a DUI. I would be foolish to just think it's all going to go away just mm-hmm. because he spent 24 hours in jail. Yeah. Like, you know, this is when you really need to be tough. Yeah. You know, like, hey, I love you. I'm for you, but you have blown it. Now there's mm-hmm. consequences and we're going to have some structure. If you're living in my house, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to get an alcohol tester. And at any time you walk by me, I'm going to pull it out and I'm going to check you. Yeah. You know, um, that that may seem harsh, but you're protecting them. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and you know how, like, if we don't have boundaries, we're going to run crazy. That's right. that's our, right. you know, fallen exactly. nature. Yeah. Um, I hear no, that I think, you know, I think the words that you're, you know, all of these words that are coming out and everything you're saying as far as just honesty, truth, protection, 
Um, and, and I think the most important lesson is it will get worse if it's not addressed. And I, we are living in a, in a world, even if, even the one, those of us who are not suffering addiction, we're medicating ourselves with something, whether it's just TV or jobs or something so we can avoid. And, and that's been, and that's been a huge problem in our community. And so we wanted to thank you, Danny, today for be, for just bringing out these important, um, important words and, and these truths that everybody needs to know and everybody needs to hear. And I know we say the truth hurts, but it also, the truth heals. And, uh, and that's what, that's what, what you've talked about all this, this whole interview is about, it's not about just, like you said, judging or, um, or making somebody feel bad about what they're doing. It's, it's to start a process of recovery and, and walking through it. So Danny, thank you so much for joining us today. And we know that in a couple of minutes, you have to be, um, in, in, in a, in a prison somewhere, you're not going to jail. You're just going to go minister to somebody in jail. But uh, I got to do that yesterday. That. So, um, <laughs> uh, not going today. So I've got okay. a little time and, um, right. I, I hope uh, that you would share the link. Um, yes. Um, yeah, Danny, can you repeat that the the time? Can you just while we're yes. right on the air? Can you repeat what day and what time this is? Yes, ma'am, I'd love to. It's going to be August twenty sixth, so that's a Thursday night from six to eight o'clock, and the panel discussions will be live streamed on YouTube. You can go to YouTube and type in Long Hollow Baptist Church, or go to our website or Facebook page and be live streamed there. The breakout sessions, which are going to be red flags of addiction, what enabling might look like. We're going to have two parents who lost their son 20 months ago to overdose. They're going to talk about what they overlooked, how naive they were, and maybe what enabling looks like. We're going to have the neuroscience of addiction, um, the addicted brain training, suicide prevention, mental health, celebrate recovery, what it is, what it's not. And those breakouts will be filmed and then put online later so that you can go back. And we'll have some online people to take um, online chats during the event. Mm -hmm. And if you've got questions or you need resources, they're going to take names and numbers. And we're going to have a team from Celebrate Recovery follow up with folks to get them some resources. And this type of event is so important for those of you who feel like you're alone in this battle. And I think this is a great time to, to understand that there are other people walking through this with a loved one, whether it's a spouse or a child. So that's so yeah, important. You know, and if you're a member of the church body, uh, maybe in leadership, um, mm. and maybe you don't have a person connected to you that, that this information is for, but our church pews are filled with them. And so, you know, I would encourage not just those of you who have a loved one that is is addicted, but I would encourage if you're if you're involved in a church ministry at, at any level, I would encourage you to grab a few people from that church, get over to this training, and find out how your church can actually start speaking into these truths in your people's lives right there in your own church, uh, and minister to your church family in a way that's really relative to where people are at today. So, mm. yes, thank you for that. That's my heart that because we have this live stream ability and then able to record it and put it online. So people will go back and view that months from now or yeah. years from now. But it would be my dream that churches across, you know, the U.S. would actually just, mm. you know, say, hey, uh, church family, we've got an event that we're going to show live stream in our chapel or one of our, our rooms. You know, it's free. Come check it out. There'll be a lot of good information. And mm-hmm. and so that churches all over will start having these type of conversations yeah. because in this day and time, 
this problem is only going to get worse. And I hate to be negative. Yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ is on his throne. He didn't, none of this is taking him by surprise. But the society that we live in, this feel good, want it now. Uh, you know, if I you stub a toe, ibuprofen might work, uh, but they want lower tab. Uh, it's only going to get worse. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is a feel good generation and um, we've got to have these conversations. So I really appreciate y'all helping me get the message out. And, and again, you know, if, if you have uh, friends, loved ones, people that, you know, I'm available, you know, share my email address, um, my contact. I'll be glad to, you know, kind of point them in the right direction. Um, giving me a lot of, of, of contacts um, around the country, really. Um, so I'd be glad to share. Oh, so good. Well, guys, thanks for joining us today on Rooted Deep. We hope that just, uh, Danny, we've loved spending time with you again. It's always uh, just really helpful. Um, and I think it's important that we have these conversations. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm sure Danny will be back again before uh, too many months go by. He, uh, I think he's going to become a regular on here. So uh, we uh, always enjoy having him and enjoy having a conversation that hopefully is relevant to your life and helpful for you. And it's really what the podcast is all about. Uh, it's taking a hard look at where we're at and where we need to be and then getting rooted deep in the truth of God's word so that we can find change. And uh, so, man, I hope that you'll take those challenges today. Uh, maybe take one thing that Danny said and act upon it and uh, take a first step and the Lord truly will help you as you take those next steps. So, um, so Danny, thanks for being on Rooted Deep, the podcast today. We're so grateful that you're here. Allison and I have enjoyed uh, interviewing you today and we'll see you guys next time on Rooted Deep. Have a good day. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Rooted Deep. To learn more about Dare for More Ministries, go to dareformore.org and look up Mercy Workshop at mercyjewelry.org.